Yoi Beth. What? What sport <laughs> I'm laughing already. do insects love to watch? <laughs> Cricket! Cricket. <laughs> hey, shut up, man. Hit me with your best shot. Shane. Yep. Why do bees have sticky hair? Because uh, it's full of honey? No, because they use honeycombs. <laughs> Welcome back to Fresh Off the Pod. I'm Ebeth. And I'm Shane. And Fresh Off the Pod is an infotainment podcast about trending headlines, youth issues, and what's hot. So if you're listening to this right now, please drop us a follow on Spotify. But today's topic is actually quite interesting because uh, for the first time, we're not dealing with humans. Personally, I'm buzzing for today's topic because we want to talk about insect consumption here in Singapore. So, just a little heads up, we will be heading into the wilderness today or into the countryside. (laughs) We don't have an actual countryside in Singapore, but we are actually going to be taking our podcast deep into the pocket of Kranji at a very interesting place today. That's right. It's like super grungy and we want to bring all of you listening to a cricket farm. Ooh. So before we get into the wow, maybe let's uh, dive a little bit deeper into our headline for today's episode. And uh, our headline of today is from The Straits Times and it goes, Consumption of insects like crickets, beetles may soon be approved in Singapore. And I think the consumption of insects as a concept might be familiar to a lot of us as we look to neighbouring countries. Like, you know, crickets are already being eaten in Thailand. Silkworm pupae are also eaten in South Korea. Mm. But uh, this headline has been all the buzz. buzz. <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's now under consideration right here in Singapore. Uh, this news first came out uh, in October last year. Uh, news about the Singapore Food Agency seeking feedback to allow insects for human consumption and livestock feed. But today, we'll focus more on the aspect more immediate to us and that is insect consumption. So potentially, we are looking at insect consumption which includes crickets, Mm. beetles, moths and bees, either directly or in the form of insect snacks like, you know, protein bars. Oh, when you said directly, I was just imagining the <laughs> the feelers. The, and the crunchiness. And the legs. The little toes. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Singapore is looking to insects as a potential or alternative source of protein, right? And uh, in today's episode, we want to dive deep into what it means to have uh, a sustainable mode of farming and food. So before we dive more into this juicy topic, we want to introduce our very special guest for today. Mm. And with all that talk about insect consumption, who better to talk to than to an urban farmer? Oh, so we're not talking to an insect. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very shook because when I first saw our guest's photo... It doesn't tell you with your idea of what like an insect farmer might look like. Mm. Now I'm interested to 
to see how it looks like. So if you want, you can go check out our Instagram page at ScapeSG. We have a reel there for you. Or actually look at the cover art <laughs> of this episode. You see Chris over there. But we want to introduce Chris to you guys. Currently, Christopher, we call him Chris, is the CEO of Future Protein Solutions, which is Singapore's only cricket farm, which aims to make insect protein accessible for all through the development of high-tech insect farming systems and very novel food products like cricket pasta. So yes, Chris actually has had a decade of experience from farm to table and he wears many, many hats. So he worked as a chef, uh, he's a food distributor, he is an urban farmer and some of his past gigs include being the head farmer at Capital Spring, which is the world's highest uh, rooftop urban farm. And he also is a lecturer at Republic Poly in hopes of inspiring the next generation of urban farmers. So this is the point in our podcast where we migrate from scape <laughs> to crunchy. Let's go. And everybody say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris, I know we've said a lot and we've we've said a lot about like who you are, but we also want to hear straight from you. Like, maybe you can start us off by telling us a bit more about yourself, your hobbies, like what you do in your spare time. Hi, I'm Chris. People also call me the jungle man, uh, the cricket man, whatever floats your boat. I've been very, very interested in self-sustainable farming in the last decade. Uh, or rather the broader picture of self-sustainable food systems. Sounds very complicated, but I like everything to do with food and how to grow them more sustainably. That, that really consumes my whole life, you know? <laughs> like, so in hobbies, right? So on, on my free time, I actually run a community garden near my home. Ooh, and okay. I grow food for myself and my neighbors and, and anyone can go there and harvest stuff, actually, like any single human in the world. So it's like free for all. It's like free for all, yeah. And like what kind of things do you grow at this garden? We grow um, a mix of you know, tropical fruits like papayas. We do some exotic stuff like retrawling, um, asparagus. Ooh. Um, so wait, Chris, were you ever scared of bugs as you were growing up? Yes, I, I do. Oh, uh, I do have a thing against cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the bigger ones especially. Uh, but strangely, I had this natural inclination and curiosity to want to eat insects. Since as, young. Since young. But we also want to know, like, when was your first time eating any kind of insect? And like, what was this experience like? So it's probably around when I was six or seven, where oh, I was so really curious. Young. I started trying out ants. Yeah, like, I tried out all the different, uh, uh, the common ants that we see in our house. Wait, wait, so you just went there, picked up the ant and yeah, put it in your mouth? Yeah, I put it in my mouth. I tried them. Then, then I started becoming more like chefy, right? Then I started do cook, uh, preparing them in different ways, like putting them in a toaster, putting them in a microwave. Like ants as ants, well. Ants, 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 yeah. Um, and, okay, then I, and then I tried okay. different kinds of ants, like after the black ants that you see, the harmless ones in your home that kind of forage from your, for your <laughs> food that you leave out. Then I started trying out the, you know, the big red uh, army ants. Oh my goodness. And then one time it was so funny that I... I okay, ate, but those sting you, right? So that's what exactly happened. I put a life in my mouth. Then he, the guy bit my lip. And then I, 
Then, okay, sorry, I be as, I, as I tried to pull the guy out, he ripped off a chunk of flesh and my lips started bleeding. Oh my gosh. So that was where it all first started. That was right? where it all started, yeah. And then uh, I, I was even more curious. And because Singapore, you can't get um, much, you can't find this on the, on the shelf. So yeah. whenever I went to Thailand or friends went to Thailand, I'll be like, hey, can you like buy me some scorpions or crickets? <laughs> He really has a huge smile on his face. Yeah, but I think this ties in very nicely with our headline of today, which is about how SFA, Singapore Food Agency, is reviewing 16 insect species of insects for human consumption and animal feed and is seeking feedback on import conditions. So as we are recording this now, it's not approved yet, but we just want to give you a little bit more context about how this is going to look like once it's approved. So SFA took reference from the EU and countries like Korea, Thailand, Australia. And of course, like the insect consumption here would be subject to food safety regulation and requirements. So this is important because we need to explore means to sustainably feed the global population, which I'm sure Chris will tell us more about in a minute. And edible insects also need to be high in nutrients, not require so much feed and emit like less greenhouse gases in general. So potentially, Singapore is looking at a bunch of insects and we've rounded up some names. So crickets, locusts, grasshoppers, beetles, uh, the larvae of mealworm, king mealworm. Yeah, king mealworm. I, I just got the names that sound like extra juicy. <laughs> juicy to Chris. Uh, but there's also like moths, uh, the greater wax moth, uh, honey moths, uh, silk moths, and also like silkworm larvae as well as bees. Ooh. Okay, so the first question for the floor, I think it's probably more applicable to Shane and I. Like, yeah. what is like your first reaction when you think of insect consumption? While preparing for this episode, right, I I've really like cycled myself. Like they're tasty, they're tasty. But the first time I heard about it, I think I think crickets would be not bad because like they'll probably be crunchy but I think the fear for me sets in when there are like stray legs in my teeth. You know what I mean? How about you Shane? To me, um, I really don't have much expectations about it because when you first say uh, insects, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, you know, your friends who go overseas yeah. and then they do it for like the IG story or like and stuff. So it feels more to me like a novelty and I am curious to see where today's conversation will pan out like what insect is going to crawl out to me and convince me that hmm, this is the future of food so yeah. Chris what's like typically what's the most common reaction you get um, same as you, <laughs> how you experience it mostly uh, a sense of like uh, unfamiliarity so a bit of shock shock uh, yeah <laughs> Just now, just now he put the crickets in his tea and I wasn't expecting that. That was the shock for me. Then what happens is, uh, hopefully I, I encourage people to try them. Okay. But like yourselves, after you take the first bite and realize that actually it tastes pretty good, the fear just goes away and, and, and people are okay. In fact, they can't stop eating it after that. They just keep putting it in their mouth immediately after they've had their first bite. So and just some context for our listeners, right? How would you describe the taste of crickets? Flavor-wise, very similar to shrimpy flavor, but with a nutty and earthy uh, undertone. In short, they're very umami, very savory. <laughs> um, they're like, 
You think like potato chips kind of flavor? <laughs> yeah, just now he said heavy taste. It does taste a lot like heavy. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Wait, Chris, so um, do you remember the first time you tried a cricket? Yeah, probably uh, when I was around 7 to, to 10. Oh, he really did a lot of things when he was 7. Yeah. So we, we want to get into the story about Singapore's first ever cricket farm a little bit more. So like, what's the story like? why cricket farming specifically and like how did you even get started in this niche mm. so there's two very very clear benefits of cricket farming um, the first is the health benefits uh, crickets not only have high protein they have the full amino acid profile which is something that only um, livestock like beef um, can can compete with that. It's it's right up there with like other protein sources. In fact, it, it's one of the most superior protein sources. Health benefits also come in other ways. There have been studies that show that you know crickets can help with uh, hair growth and a lot of other um, interesting health benefits. The second thing is really the sustainability mm-hmm. um, or environmental impact. It's super environmentally friendly to farm it in terms of amount of water usage. What we are, what we're doing is like almost no water is needed when we feed them uh, fresh vegetables. Um, in short, there is just so much environmental benefits. And with the growing population and potential risk of um, disease in animals, this is a good potential alternative to uh, current protein sources out there. So we are one of the, as in cricket farming, cricket protein is one of the alternatives. We, we don't imagine that people were like, we have to force it down people's throats. Okay. But if there's a shock, and we need more protein, this can be a good solution to, to farm. And it can be also farmed in urban spaces, like you could technically grow crickets in your own home or... <laughs> I think my mom yeah. would freak out. <laughs> but it's very sustainable in the long run, like um, you uh, don't need much and you can just be like a normal person yeah. on the street or like a gym bro. And you can save money on some of the protein and uh, it's like empowering people, right? But um, back to, you know, the setting up of the farm. Chris, we want to ask you, since you said that this is uh, rather new uh, in Singapore, any challenges that you face while setting up this uh, entire cricket farm? Mm, okay, so a bit of a backstory. Um, the farm was actually started uh, in 2021. Um, the founding team had the same vision as I did where, you know, if you look at a global market, the cricket um, industry is growing at a, at a very um, fast pace. And that's when um, it was started. I was brought in last year uh, to, to become the CEO and to take this to the next level with my passion in, in sustainable farming and, and entrepreneurship. And when I came to try the crickets here, then I realized, I mean, because the previous time was when I was in primary school, right? And then when I tried it, it just... Immediately, when it tasted so good, I knew that there's a lot of potential with culinary applications. Like, I could imagine this being in a whole lot of like amazing dishes. So, back to what challenges there are. Many challenges. I think the first, because we are the only ones, there is no ecosystem of support. You know, uh, for example, the chicken industry has over like many decades been able to bring the price down so low because they have spent a lot of money um, with R and D, and the costs have have been brought down. But yeah, so little things like trying to source for raw materials or equipment, um, it's it's hard. So I, you know, sometimes we got to build it ourselves. We got to find very creative ways to to work around that. We've we've been having some interesting conversations with uh, the future of breeding crickets. Okay. Like we spoke to a, a research uh, a startup in Finland, who potentially will be collaborating with, 
and they have been breeding crickets that are very productive and uh, will be free of a certain virus. So if we can collaborate with such people, then you know uh, it'll be, we will have the highest quality cricket in in the <laughs> in the region. Yeah. Yep. And speaking of crickets, um, can you tell us very quickly, like, what is one fun fact about crickets that an ordinary person wouldn't know about? Um, they are very, um, cute. <laughs> I mean, the first time you stepped into the room, maybe in the first few seconds, maybe you felt a bit, a bit spooked. But after a few minutes, uh, they, they sort of, if the crickets also spooked at, at first, right? Then after a while, they get accustomed <laughs> to you. Then you, you sort of... Uh, so you mean when we entered this morning, they, they got a shock or so? Yeah, they were like jumping within the first 30 seconds or so. Oh, yeah. So Shane and I saw some of their little crickets this morning. So the, your fun fact is that the crickets are cute. They... <laughs> Yeah, they're, okay, okay. The other, maybe another fun fact, which is the cricket sounds that you associate with, they make that sound when they want to mate. Basically, it's like the guys trying to impress the girls. Uh, so, so they... Gotta pull out a show. Yeah. So I think something like the louder sound you make, the more impressive you'll be. Damn. Uh, hey, there's, a, there's a lot of lessons for gym bros to learn from crickets. Anyways, we want to move on to talk about like a snapshot of how insect-based food can look like for our listeners. So typically, there's like cricket powder or like there's cricket-based food product like cookies, smoothies, protein bars. And and I think Chris mentioned cricket pasta. Typically, like farms in Thailand breed and like rear the crickets. Then they are frozen when they become adults. And of course, there's like a process to get rid of like pathogens. I think they're like dried and milled. And then sent here in powdered form. So currently, cricket powder is sold in Britain and in the US. And that's why like we want to get into it. Like how will it look like here? So how about at your farm, you know, like can you tell us a bit more about the processes and about the behind the scenes of cricket farming? Once they harvested, we we put them to to uh into a trance by putting them in a in a cold. Oh, you stun them. <laughs> we don't even stun them. We they basically go to sleep uh because they're cold blooded. So they just slowly, slowly go to sleep and they don't wake up. Then um, we'll wash them, we will dry them and then uh, process them by different ways of heating them. And there's, there's no one best flavor because we realize that for export market where say US, they want to do things like cricket uh, protein shakes. They actually prefer a milder flavor. Whereas in Singapore, uh, you can get a more shrimpy flavor, uh, which might be good for like as a snack. You know, like Chinese New Year, that that the the, the, the roll, heavy roll. exactly, yeah? yeah. How we feed them uh, also affects their flavor at the end. Yeah, could you tell us a bit more about like this whole feeding of the crickets? Because just now Sheen and I went and we saw like different kinds of feed. Yeah. We even saw the Mandarin orange. Is <laughs> that like a post Chinese New Year vibe? Okay, so naturally in the wild, crickets are sort of scavengers. They eat all sorts of biomass. Uh, dried leaves, they eat um, dead insects or yeah, organisms. Um, we realize that when we feed them uh, fish, they taste more fishy or shrimpy. Now we're trying to see how we can reduce that, that shrimpiness. So we are trying to feed them okara. So okara, which is soya bean pulp, when you make your soya bean uh, pudding or tau hui, yeah. uh, that's thrown away mostly in, in Singapore factories. So um, that's super, super high in protein. We've, we've taken that, we've dried them and we're feeding them to our crickets and the crickets do love them but we want to see whether the taste uh, becomes less fishy and also whether they're able to grow well with it. Hmm, I think it's a very sustainable way of looking at things because like for the longest time 
we didn't know what to do with food waste, right? And like now it's like you know going taking it back to like science class back then, right? It's a one whole full circle. Coming back, you know what you eat is what you. <laughs> yeah, I think we want to talk about like what the dishes might look like on our tables. So like whatever cricket based food products that you are currently developing and like the with a chefly background. <laughs> Like how would these dishes look like? Okay, so currently I think of as a chef, I want to do like a, a three course menu, right? So we got starters, wow. main dishes, and dessert. dessert, right? Plus a drink. Okay. Okay, so eventually I want to develop all of these products to be able to form these four dishes. So for starters, um, they could be as a as a snack, maybe deep fried or put in salads, for example, or or like cricket um cookies or or crackers. So imagine you go to a restaurant and you have like a spread, like you know butter or um, hummus with Ooh, that with the, the cookie, yeah. Then for main course, um, I'm thinking a pasta or a sausage. So the powder could be mixed into into pasta noodles. It gets a bit of that whole wheat texture and and flavor. Uh, then for dessert, it could be potentially made into an ice cream. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> But but I'm it doesn't. Not sure my body is ready for that. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be in this whole form. Yeah. And for drinks, uh, we are potentially working with Nanyang Poly to develop a beverage. Uh, could be like a shake, smoothie. Uh, and you've you've already tried the tea that I've made. <laughs> Just uh, now when we were having the tea, Chris was like, "You can feel the health entering your body." Uh, yeah. <laughs> nourishment, the nourishment. <laughs> the nourishment. Like, yeah. Can it ever be in like an alcoholic beverage? Just asking there's, for a friend. There, there's. So there's a restaurant in Japan. Uh, it's it's run by my friend's friend, and they made a cricket stout. Um. Okay, actually, it's not a bad idea. I know Ebev is a huge fan of stout. Um, but all this just got me wondering, right? Like, um, on the broader picture of food security here in Singapore, um, we are a very small nation. We don't have. Um, natural resources we import a lot a lot of food I'm not sure if you guys remember but just like almost a year ago there was this like chicken shortage fiasco where Malaysia refused to sell us any fresh chicken so we have this vision uh, called the 30 by 30 vision and maybe we should ask Chris to tell us more about this the big picture of how you know we can eventually produce our own food yeah, so 30 by 30 is the government's um, wish that we can grow 30% of Singapore's nutritional needs. So in terms of protein, uh, fiber, they are, the main pillars are like eggs, fish and vegetables and novel foods um, like, like insects could be for this. Yeah, so I, I totally agree. It, it can be done if the conditions are right, meaning things like rental rates are favorable for cricket farming. Uh, we get support for development of some R&D, for equipment, stuff like that. So these are yet to be seen. And these will also be uh, some of the challenges that we'll be facing. Uh, but that's my job uh, to figure it out. <laughs> okay, so we wanted to wrap it up and ask you, you know, if you wanted to tell young Singaporeans something about like sustainable food and farming, like what would you want us to know? His lecturer brain is like boring. <laughs> The resources are everywhere in front of you. What we perceive as waste could be a valuable resource, whether it comes in food, energy, water. What I think the opportunities are is to see how we can draw the links between all these different parts and, and create a, a, a more circular system. Yeah. 
give you an example uh, poop in any form whether it's uh, <laughs> animal poop or even cricket poop is a is a gold mine of nutrients for growing plants it can be extracted um, for other users yeah you know so that's one example of seeing value in, in everything or like being able to observe what that value is yeah I mean they always say one man's trash is another man's treasure so poop can also be gold but what would you want to say to you know those who are a bit apprehensive or like on the fence of whether they should try insects or crickets I, I don't blame them uh, it's our job to create products that are really compelling taste really good such that they will have FOMO when they don't try it <laughs> Because everybody else are like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. Then you don't try it, then you're lost. Huh? <laughs> is there like a dream product that you yeah. are like dreaming of? Um, actually, I'd be int- really interested to try the cricket stout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to I like to drink stout, so you know, yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, it adds a roasty, toasty flavor. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you know, we we talk about um crickets, and even though in the in the approved list, there's only a, a few species. But in Thailand, where I recently went, I tried different crickets and there were some species that tasted like soft shell crabs. Like, Whoa. I mean, it just flavor wise, um, oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, there's endless possibilities on what you can explore on the flavor palette. But what you're doing is like you're starting the ball rolling. Right here in Singapore, you know? Because yeah. it's, it's very new. Yeah. You gotta get people used to the idea that, you know, you gotta put um, insects in your mouth, right? Like the taste. Uh, the texture, even like down to how it looks, yeah, it's just the psychological. Yeah. yeah. So actually, that's what we are doing here. This, you know, you, you guys said that we are farm, which which is not wrong, but we are moving away from farming here in this location to be more of a learning center to conduct tours to like let people understand more about benefits of crickets. And also, we are R and D center, so we'll test out different trials to optimize the flavor and create really amazing products in collaboration with other institutes. I think to wrap up our conversation today, we just want to ask Chris, like, what is in the pipeline for like this year? Um, we're trying to solve the two main uh, challenges. One is the, the farming that takes a lot of time and is very labor intensive. So we're actually like creating new versions or upgrades of the farming system. We are like doing a engineering prototyping yeah, very, very geeky, intense. very technical, yeah, but it's really like intense. doing robotics, automation, all these techy stuff. Um, on the other side, we're doing a lot more product development mm. to create interesting I'm so excited for dishes. this. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to find out more about future protein solutions, like where can they get this information? Yeah, you can um, go to our website at uh, fps.sg. <laughs> Write in to us, email us. Okay, so now as we wrap up, Shane and I are going to try some cricket pasta, right? Ooh. Cricket pasta, cricket tea. We'll let you know how it tastes like. But we already tried some tea just now. It's very roasty and toasty. So we're going to go and let the nourishment enter our bodies now. <laughs> so thank you so much, Chris. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, Can't wait to, to let you guys try all the yummy food. <laughs> so we're back in the studio after mm. our gourmet experience today. And so... Shane, yes. we tried so many different food products. We had cricket tea. Yeah. We we had crickets on their own. Yeah. In their crunchy form. And then we also had a very special dish. Which was the cricket 
uh, pasta. That's right. We had the honor of being the first uh, to try it ever. So like there were like two packets of it and one of it was <laughs> ours. Uh, I think it's very springy and uh, it had a little bit of a... It, it tasted like buckwheat. Wait, you're talking about the pasta, The right? pasta, yes. Okay. Yeah. So out of all three, like which was your favourite? I'd say the actual crickets. Hey, you know what? Me too. Is it? Yeah, like we had it with a little bit of salt. Yes. And I just thought that this would go great with beer. <laughs> I just, just to crunch when you like mm. watch TV and stuff like that. So yes. at first, I had really had this mental block. Like I was like, I'm going to freak out if I find legs in my teeth. But after a while, after you pop like 20, you're like, hey, it's just it's just crunchy. It's just like a Chinese New yeah, Year so snack. Like, what, what did it taste like to you? Very nutty, very crunchy. Uh, it's great that it was small. I, I just yeah. love the crunch, yeah. Yeah. And you're right, because if it was like the size of a finger, I would have freaked out. Yeah. Yeah, but because it's kind of tiny. It's like the size of a fingernail. It's like ikan bilis. <laughs> ah, <laughs> right? yes, yes, yes. Right, yeah. Yeah, so we had a great taste of the future of food uh, for crickets. <laughs> and uh, we can't wait to see where we go from here. Yeah, just a big shout out to Chris for letting us try his different cricket products. Next time, we'll be sipping on cricket tea. Yeah. I mean, we already sip on tea every single day. <laughs> but a little bit of crickets in, in them is not a bad idea. So if you guys want to find out more or if you want to go see the crickets for yourself, you can go search up. You know what? I could really see it in my nasi lemak. Okay, that's just taking it a bit too far. <laughs> Why? It can, re- it, it can be the crunchy part or like, you know, in your mipok, then there's like the lard, the crunchy lard. Yeah. Could be crickets or like acai, you know, next to the nuts. Mm. There's some crickets. Yeah? Mm. <laughs> yep. Future protein solutions. <laughs> Guys, go and Google it and uh, you might find yourself in Lim Chukang one day and uh, yeah, exploring the future food. Fresh Off The Pod is an original podcast from Scape, and Scape is an organisation that supports youth, talent and leadership development with outreach to 15 to 35 year olds in Singapore and you can find out more at scape.sg and this podcast was recorded at Scape Live Studios The Pod powered by Audio Technica and City Music. Uh, special shout out to Scape for all the magic that you guys are helping us with for this brand new season. But but we actually want to say something uh, before we go. If you were to walk into Scape right now, it kind of looks a little bit different. Yeah, like going through surgery like that, you know. <laughs> uh, not that bad, but Scape is undergoing a brand and placemaking refresh this year. Parts of Scape will be closed from end February this year till early 2024. Yeah, but you know, the programs are still ongoing. So you can go uh, onto scape.sg to find out more. Yes, no more McDonald's. <laughs> no more dancing spaces, but we'll be back we'll soon. We'll be back, yeah. Yes. Anyway, please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify so that you get a notification every time we drop a new episode. And our DMs are also open. Uh, if you want to check us out, it's... At ebev.lee or at Shane So. Or at Scape SG. Yes. With that, 
Just put the cricket sound. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>